Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Everything Co-op this Thursday morning. You know, this morning we are going to be talking to a lady who is in Canada, in Toronto, Canada, and they've helped to start eight co-ops, eight worker co-ops. And good morning, Miss Esther and Zulu. Good morning. Good morning, Vernon. How are you this morning? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking our time to join me and talk about cooperation. Where are you from? I am originally from Nigeria, West Africa, but I've been living in Canada for so many years, for 30-something years. Okay, 30-something years. How did you get to Canada? <laughs> I immigrated to Canada because my then fiancé was living in Canada, so I came to join him. So that's how I ended up in Canada. Actually, it was, it was difficult adjusting, Yes, but... Here I am today, <laughs> so happy being in Canada. <laughs> so love brought you to Canada, huh? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Over 30-some years. So tell me and, and the audience, how did you get to know about co-ops? Okay. As you know, co-op is something that a lot of people don't know about. Even me, I wasn't that familiar with co cooperative uh, movements or cooperative programs until around 2007, 2008, one of the organizations in my region, Durham, where our agency is located, was running cooperative program. Can I, can I stop you a minute? On, can I stop you a minute? I'm sorry. But are you telling me in your education you did not learn about co-ops? So tell me about your education. How much education did you get? I have a lot of education. Okay. First, I had my bachelor's honors in sociology, anthropology, and women's studies. I didn't learn anything about co-op. I also did have a certificate in trauma counseling. I didn't learn about that. And I did my master's. I learned about so many things, but not particularly around co-op. Masters, so masters what in what? Through what? the work that I do. Uh, what do you get your masters in? I did my masters in business administration. So you got a masters in business administration. I got a masters in business administration. I learned nothing about co-ops in my MBA, and it you learned nothing about yours. Yes. Okay. So I'm. I keep telling us, how did you learn about it then? So it was from this organization in my region that was running cooperative program for immigrant women. So after that, this organization folded up. I happened to bump into the executive director of this organization after a few years. 
And I said to her, please, I know that the organization is no longer in existence, but there was a program that you ran called Workers' Cooperative Program. Please, I will appreciate if you can, we want to do the same thing, model the same program, if you can assist us in doing this because you have experience. So that woman started talking to me and we sat down so many times, having meetings so many times, and we started developing a proposal. And that proposal came through and we hired her to run the project. So that's how I learned. So everything I learned now, everybody is reaching out to me. So that's how I came to know about cooperative programs. So another individual organization was running co-ops for immigrant women. They folded and you happened to meet the executive director the executive one day. director, yes, of that organization and said to her, please, that project you ran was a good project. I want to implement the same project at our organization, if you can assist me to do that. And that's how we started talking. Okay. So now, how did you get funding to start co-ops? Uh, we were funded by one of the foundations in Canada called Ontario Trillium Foundation. They funded us to develop CIS Cooperative Workers Program. By the time we finished, we ended up developing seven, and the eighth one was in the progress. By the time the funding ended and the pandemic started, so uh, we didn't get to develop that one. So uh, now we developed seven cooperative programs for women, and majority of the women are immigrant women, racialized women, black women, South Asian, Middle Eastern, and so on. Okay, so you got funding to develop six co-ops in Durham, D-U-R-H-A-M, Durham. Durham. Okay, and you end up developing six. Seven. Seven, right. Seven. Okay. Yes. And um, also, the program was to focus in our region, Durham region. But when the program started, the need was high in the community. We started receiving calls from women from other parts of the province. Uh, women from Pale, uh, York Region, Toronto, um, Halton, Thunder Bay. We started receiving calls from women from different areas in Ontario. So uh, initially we said to those women, this program was intended for women in Durham region, in our catchment area. But after they continue, we continued to receive phone calls. We had to go back to our funding ministry uh, foundation to say to them, this is what we are experiencing. There seems to be lots of interest from women in the community from other parts of the province. Please, can we include them? And they gave us permission to do so. So we we started accepting those women to participate. And even though they were living far, then there was no there was no pandemic. We were running this um, program in our office and also in the community in Durham region. But those women were traveling to participate. Okay. Distance wasn't a barrier to them. Okay. <laughs> All right. I get your excitement and enthusiasm when you talk about this. You just brighten up. Um, you're working with immigrant women 
from all over the world it seems like like mainly from from Africa and the Caribbean would you say African Caribbean India Pakistan Sri Lanka Afghanistan um okay okay uh, Iran Iraq uh, Lebanon Syria um, Latin America uh, so women from different cultures yeah uh, from Japan so what so what women from different cultures what about co-ops you knew this other organization was doing co-ops they folded why did you decide you wanted to do co-ops what about co-ops interest you because our organization focuses on assisting women whether they are women who experience violence uh, whether it is women who are dealing with uh, integration and adaptation issues whether it is women dealing with housing issues uh, women who are in conflict with the law uh, anything about women and our organization have has implemented programs for um entrepreneur women and women in business all those things so uh, anything about women also we do provide services to youth and children and senior women so this is something that i thought would help some of our clientele especially especially women who have experienced violence at some point after recovery we have to encourage them to move into the next stage mm -hmm. for economic independence. So, you know, different stages of life. First, you help them hear from the violence and abuse they experience. The next is preparing them to enter into the labor market or to start their own business. And most of our clientele are women who are in Canada, who are new or who are immigrants, who used to run their businesses or family businesses in their respective countries. When they arrive in Canada, they don't know how to. Through this program, women entrepreneur programs, worker cooperative, you encourage them to, uh, to brace their skills they already have, encouraging them to move on with it, use it. Get into your field again. So that's what it is all about. So I know it was when she was running that program, I said, hmm, this is what I will want to run for the organization. So I saw the opportunity and I grabbed it. So, okay. and it was good. You grabbed <laughs> it and it was good. Back. So here's yeah. what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that these are immigrant women that come to Canada and, and in their own countries, they may have run a small business. Uh, and then they come in, they have some kind of issue with the law, with or abuse, um, some kind of violence. And your organization is called Women's Multicultural Resources and Counseling Center. So you help provide them with whatever the issue that brought them in. And then it's a question of how do you get economic independence? They could go get a job, okay? Because they're immigrants, they may have all kinds of issues with immigration. They may have all kinds of issues because they haven't been working for somebody. They've been having their own business. So you found that this starting their own business in a cooperative business is a great way of doing it. Does that exactly. sum it up pretty good? Yes. So exactly. 
um, because they already have the skill, they already have experience running businesses, not in Canada, but in their respective country. So all they need to do is to be provided with information relevant for them to continue. But instead of running it individually, they are running it collectively as members of the cooperative. Okay. So you started seven business. How did you decide what businesses you would start? Well, as I mentioned to you, when we were developing the proposal, <laughs> I was chatting with that woman, mm -hmm. uh, the executive director of that organization, and we were discussing what kind of, because when she ran it, she was, she developed like three or four cooperatives, but we increased the number of the ones we decided to put, uh, because um, I know when she did hers, she ran food. But when we were developing this one, she said to me, Esther, please avoid food. And I said to her, but you ran food. Food was one of the cooperatives you developed. She said to me, there is a lot of hassle with food, with uh, meeting the public health criteria and all those things. They always want you to do this. It's a lot of issues mm -hmm. dealing with food and so on and so forth. So we eliminated food. We didn't include food. So um, it is something that, uh, that woman and myself decided to pick the area that we know that is the area of need and some of a small sample of women we talked to who also indicated to us those areas are the key area we should focus on. So that's how we came up with those areas. Well, thank you. I um, We're going to take our first break here. And I, what I've heard you say is, you looked at area of need. There's a gentleman from Senegal was on the, the first month that we were on. He said a co-op solve community problems need. If it's not a community problem, there's no need for a co-op. So we're yes, going to come back and talk about the other types of co-ops that you all form. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and our guest today is Esther Anyulu, who is in Toronto, Canada. She is the Executive Director of Women's Multicultural Resources and Counseling Center in Durham. So um, they have created seven worker co-ops for women, mainly immigrant women, in Canada, and that is extremely exciting to me. First, I, I want to talk about the different co-ops, but what did your organization do? I mean, in terms of did you provide technical assistance? Did you provide financing? Did you do the training for, for them? What, what, did, what did you go through? Okay. <laughs> As we all know, you know about co-op, uh, Benon, uh, because you work in this area. And also another colleague and friend and supporter, uh, Dr. Caroline Hussein, <laughs> she does a lot of work in this uh, field and she is the one who hooked you up with me to do this interview. So as you know, 
we can call it gig economy, a sharing economy, platform economy. What are cooperatives are businesses that are owned and democratically controlled by the members. The main purpose of a worker cooperative is to provide employment for its members through operating an enterprise that follows the cooperative principles, values, and practices. It can work for anyone who have a marketable service, startup, capital, and a plan for organizing and growth. Bearing this in mind, we supported these women for two good years of so many programs, activities. We helped them, we trained them on seven principles of co cooperative workers. And we also uh, trained them on 10 steps of developing a, a worker cooperative. And we also provided them with so many support, workshops, training, and also one of the activities was to really expose them, to take them to places. We took them to so many community events, so many community engagement sessions, uh, conferences, gave them the opportunity to speak at those conferences as our way of empowering them to feel comfortable because as a business owner, you have to be marketing your business. You have to be going places, talking to people, provided them with mentorship, refer them to organization called BACD, Durant Business Advisory Center Durant Region. And Business Advisory Center of Durant Region was very helpful because what they do is to train business owners or people who are planning to start their business. So um, they, we are going there for training. And we will hook them up to so many community network, partnerships, stakeholders. And they, we are coming to the organization a lot, meeting each cooperative group. And I and my staff member who was running the cooperative program. We were helping them out, uh, mentoring them, educating them. And we had a consultant too, a group firm we hired, who was providing all this training to them. And we also have an evaluator who was working with them as well. So we have so many resources for them to tap into. And each group meet almost on a weekly basis to okay. uh, organizing uh, discussing about their cooperative and my team member who was working on the project also helped each group to incorporate them she incorporated them each of the group and we helped them to develop their websites okay. and we also hired a lawyer who was meeting with them too to do some legal work as a group of people owning a business so that somebody cannot be be acting this is my business it's a, it is a collective business and everybody who is in the business has equitable rights okay so, so what i what i heard you say is that you provided a lot of training for them 
direction for them, whether it was legal or how to work together, how to speak in front of audiences. You gave them the skills that they need to run a business, and that was over a two-year period. Exactly. Okay. And they got their websites up. So now I want to go into, let's talk about the first one, which was Kumba Child Care Cooperative. Kumba Child Care Cooperative, yes. And what do they do? So it is a child care. They provide, uh, it is a child care cooperative that we develop uh, to uh, provide child care to black and ethno-racial communities. So that was the intent of the group. So it is a child care co-op. And it's a worker co-op, so the people that work the there... co-op co with a, some group, some a few number of women in that uh, cooperative. And how many members, how many owners? There are about um, seven owners Okay. right now, yes. So there are seven owners uh, in a worker co-op, and it says from birth to six years old. Yes, from newborn... So six year old. Wow, because I don't know a lot of nurseries that would take from birth. A lot of times they have to be potty trained first exactly. before nurseries yes. will take them. Mm -hmm. So you take them from birth to six. From birth to six year olds because they want to support uh, women so that if they choose to return back to work, that wouldn't be a barrier to them. So. These cooperatives are following the same principle of WMRCC that developed them to be there to support the community. Okay. To eliminate barrier, not to create barrier. So what happens to the child after they become seven? There's, is there, there's a need for before school they and after school? transition to elementary school. Okay. Yeah. All right. The paper you gave me says that there's a holistic African and Caribbean culture approach. What is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> it, 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 it means it will be African and Caribbean heritage focus. So, there will be, their program is geared towards that area to help those children to develop a cultural identity some kind of uh, C C one two C one yes yes cultural identity okay. and feeling a sense of belonging and to grow up feeling confidence feeling um, feeling proud of whom they are their cultural backgrounds. Okay, so I have a, there's a child care now. Did you go to other? child care co-ops to see how they were working so when you set up your whole processes it would be similar to other child care co-ops yes they went to they have meeting with various uh, child care facilities and there was a child care in cambridge ontario who was already using this kind of model they took a trip to go visit that child care a day so yeah Phenomenal. So I, I, um, these seven members are immigrant from other countries that go to Canada that did not have a job, that may have had some issues, 
and those those issues could have been with the law or it could have been abuse or it could have been any kind of thing that got your attention to them and then you helped them your organization went out and got some money from a foundation Ontario Trillion Foundation to help start a co-op so these seven ladies can have you call it economic independence but there's all kinds of things they can get we're gonna have to take our second break so I want to come back and talk about the other six co-ops in this next segment and and get what else do um, these members these worker cooperatives get besides economic independence as as they develop you get a lot of training you've already said that that's what you all provided for them training so we'll be right back and talk about the other six co-ops that that uh, esther's group helped to start good morning everybody this is vernon oaks uh, the program is everything cooperative and we're talking to esther in yulu from canada originally from Nigeria, and the organization she's with is the Women's Multicultural Resource and Counseling Service in Toronto, Canada. The segment is in Durham, and they went out and made a grant, got some money to start worker co-ops, and they've created seven worker co-ops. We talked about the Child Care Cooperative, which has seven members. And now I want to talk about what's the uh, the next cooperative that you all helped to form. So yes, before I get into that, I I want to reflect on what I said before. Those uh, women who who experience or who have lived experience of violence or dealing with uh, immigration issues or dealing with um, uh, justice system, those are really in totality the kind of service WMRCC is providing within our organization, mm-hmm. including programs for different programs for youth and children and seniors as well. Uh, as I, I'm also running other projects that can support. We have technical and innovation program uh, helping people to get back to work after the COVID because a lot of people lost their jobs to retrain them in IT because, you know, IT is the reigning these days. So we have all those and we have a program called Challenge Racism, looking at uh, challenges. People, especially racialized individuals and in the other people facing one form of oppression or the other are facing in terms of getting job. So cooperative is also one of uh, the program that WMRC implemented. And even though we developed them two years ago, and last year, pandemic hit us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they are picking up from there. So this uh, program, one of them you mentioned, Combat Child Care, and the other one is um, uh, Artist Group. A young women who are artists and photographers called Jack Jack Jit a cooperative group um, and photography group. Then we have interpreters and translation. Wait, wait, let's talk about the artist group first. Okay. The artist group. Um, how many members are in there? Uh, the artist group have five members. 
in it. And what do they do? Operative members. What do they do? They do painting. Okay. Painting and photography. And did they go visit other artist groups in Canada when they got started? Um, they, it is a group of young women and men who have skills in artistic skills in drawing. But due to the fact that our project is female focused or individuals who identify as female, so uh, the men are part of the board, but the artist group are all women, young women. So okay. they do some artistic, very nice, uh, skillful. And so I, I wanted to introduce you to, <clears throat> there's a group of, of black women in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they have a co-op called Ujama Collective. That's U-J-A-M-A-A collective.org is their webpage. And they will sell through their workplace. They have a studio where they sell their art. Okay. And they sell other black folks art also. So your artists could sell through them. And then I, I interviewed a Zuni Pueblo artist, uh, that's men and women in the Zuni uh, Native American and they do both of these have paintings also, but they do other things like jewelry. So working together uh, and sharing together of, of the different kinds of co-ops is one of the things. That's the sixth principle of co-op, cooperation among co-ops. And so these different artist groups could support each other is what I'm trying to get to. Exactly. I will mention it to them to hook up with them, to connect to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exchange of information is always good. Change of information and maybe even selling each other's products. There may be a way of doing that too. At least Ujama has that opening for that to sell in their in their storefront. That's what I, what I was looking at. They have a storefront. What's the next one? We have Interpreters and Translators Platform Cooperatives Inc. So these are a group of women who speak different languages. So they are interpreters group so that um, when people have the need to translate their documents in other languages or needing somebody to provide an interpreter for services, they can do that. Okay. And uh, what you sent me said culturally appropriate language service. What does that mean? Okay. Culturally appropriate services is like when you have a client and the client is speaking one of the African languages or one of the South Asian languages or speaking Spanish or speaking Farsi or Arabic, you have to link them up uh, because we deal with women who speak so many languages. So some of them don't speak English or French, which are the two official languages in Canada. Unlike in America is English and Spanish, in Canada is English and French. So uh, depending on a woman's um, identified language, we will try to uh, find somebody in her language, cultural interpreter. So that's what this uh, cooperative is doing. Okay. So that's what they mean, culturally appropriate. 
to make sure you match the woman as opposed to forcing to speak to her in English or French, which she might not understand everything, the, the, the conversation you had with her due to language barrier. In that way, you find somebody who speaks her language so to make sure she understands the conversation you are having with them. And how many members? Uh, this cooperative has 10 active members. 10 members. So you have five in the child care, seven in the child care, oh, seven in child care. 10 in the interpreters, and we have five in the artist group. So, so far, 22. So talk about the cleaners. Okay, I want to mention to all these cooperatives, started with a huge number of women when we developed them. Of course, you know, after some, some, some people might not want to, might not stay, or as time goes, they will be recruiting more members to join them at some point. Uh, but I'm mentioning to you the pe currently people who are active in those cooperatives. So we have Cleaners Cooperative, and I think the pandemic favored this group because they got some cleaning contracts during the pandemic. Uh, Cleaners Cooperative is also a group of women uh, who came together as cooperative. And this was one of the largest uh, group of women during the time we were developing them with members. Uh, right now, they have about 15 active members in it. So uh, they get cleaning contracts when venues, including uh, homes for the seniors, banquet halls, cleaning individual homes, businesses, and so on. So that's what this uh, co-op. And they use um, organic safe products. They don't use chemical stuff. They use uh, organic products and products that are safe. So they're environmentally friendly products. Friendly. Yes. Okay. So you got the child care with seven members, interpreters with 10 members, the cleaners with 13 and the artists with five. That tells a 37 different individuals that are benefiting and creating their own work, their own jobs. Okay, and the next one. We, we also have Ebony Care, Ebony Care Cooperative Inc., which is calling Canada personal support workers. So they are, they are a registered non-profit organization working with seniors. So this cooperative also benefited from the COVID because there was need for service uh, because uh, during the outbreak of uh, COVID in the first year, 2020, you know, there was a lot of outbreaks in seniors' home and the medical fed needed a lot of uh, workers, uh, PSW workers. So this is this group. They are... PSW, working with people, especially seniors, uh, in homes. So we call them home health care workers here. 
Home Healthcare Workers, you call okay. it in America. Yeah. In Canada, we call it PSW. Yes. Personal Support Worker. So I just want to tell you that the uh, Cooperative Development Fund, <clears throat> CDF, you can get them at cdf.coop, they're having their fifth annual home health care conference that's going to be virtual, and it's free. So if you want to tell your members, how many members in, in this PSW, in this personal support? 15. Yeah, 15, 15 members. members. So if you want to tell those 15 members, they can get free training at at this fifth annual conference and again it's it's virtual so they can go online and and get the training they can go to cdf.coop to get the information about that 20 which is february 22nd uh virtual training online mm -hmm. so now we've got 37 before and now we've got 15 so that's 52 members individuals that have created their own jobs Okay. Ebony Care? Then the next one is Harmony Creation. Harmony Creation is Sewing Cooperative. Sewing Cooperative, okay. And this Sewing Cooperative has about, I think, 15 members, active members. But this group was one of the largest groups. Oh, the largest group we had. Uh, when we were developing them, we had this uh, Harmony Sewing Group. A lot of women were in the group. Um, cleaners and PSW, they were the three largest. We have lots of women in them. And this sewing group, they used to be at the center every week to sew. And they were also training women and young women how to sew. Okay, we're, we're going to come back and pick up on this sewing cooperative. We're going to take our third and final break, Harmony Creations Sewing Cooperative. And we'll talk about the other one, and then we'll get to talk about the benefits in future. We'll be right back. Your news talk station. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the show is Everything Co-op, and we're having a great conversation this morning with Esther Nzulu, who is a Nigerian lady who lives and works in Canada. She followed her love to Canada, and she's been there over 30 years, working with a group called Women's Multicultural Resources and Counseling Center, and they have got some money to help to create co-ops. She, like me, did not learn about co-ops in her formal education. So we've talked about six of the seven co-ops they started, and we were talking before the break about the Harmony Creation Sewing Cooperative, and they were one of the groups when they got started, had a lot of people and curious about it, and now they have 15 members in that co-op. So tell us what that sewing co-op does. That's what you were talking about before we took a break. Okay. The sewing cooperative, they are designers. They sew, uh, people give them contracts. Restaurants give them. I know uh, before the pandemic, uh, they got some contracts to, to sew tablecloths for these restaurants. Uh, they also get contracts from individuals to sew them. And I know me personally, I have given them outfit to make for me. And during our gala, 2019, 
they made ties for men and they made handbags and staff we gave out as gifts to our attendees, our gala attendees. So they make different things, they design different things. And during the pandemic also, uh, they were able to, when there was shortage of, um, of, I'm talking as if the pandemic is over. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, in the midst, when it was severe, when it first uh, broke out, we learned about COVID-19 in 2020. At some point, there was scarcity of masks. Mask, so right. they had to make, uh, with African fabric, make some mask, uh, fabric mask. Uh, they distributed to different uh, homes for the seniors and also um, sell to make some income through that. So they sold different things. They designed different things. So Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, um, my mother taught me how to sew on an old finger sewing machine. What do they sew on? Yes. As I mentioned to you, these are women who have skills in sewing. So we help them. We enhance them to bring out that scale and designing talent they have and use it in developing in a cooperative uh, business with other women. Where do they get their sewing machines? Oh, WMRCC purchased those sewing machines. And some of those women have their own sewing machine. Okay. So you help them get the tools that they needed to do their, their, their skill yeah. set. And you yeah. said there are about 15 members of that. So now we have 67 co-op members in six different co-ops. So let's talk about the seventh one. What's the seventh co-op? The seventh co-op is Beautician Worker Cooperative, Inc. So it's a group of women who learn how to beautify, do hair, makeup, nails. So this is what they are. So beautician cooperative, and this co-op is four of them. When we four members, them, well, it was four women okay. who own it. So, if somebody in Toronto or in the U.S. wanted to come to the beauticians workers cooperative to get beautified, how would they find them or any of these co-ops? Oh, they will Google them. They have websites. Okay. They Google, they Google their name and they will pull the information. They will pull information, read more about them, find their emails, find their phone number to contact them. Okay. So Beauticians Workers Cooperative is the four members. And then there's the J-A-G-G-A-N Art and Again. Photography Cooperative. So they could Google that to, to get yeah. photography or get somebody to paint your portrait. And then there's the Harmony Creation Sewing Cooperative. If you want somebody to sew an outfit for you or if you have some other sewing needs. Ebony Care Cooperative is a PSW, a personal support worker cooperative. We call them home health care. So it would be somebody around Canada, somebody close into Durham, that area. 
that might need somebody to help with someone who's aging or they may have a physical or mental health issue. And that's how you would find Ebony Care. Google that. Cooperative Cleaners of, of Ontario have 13 members. Um, if you needed somebody to do cleaning of your house or your business or some other event, you want to do a contract with them or one time. Interpreters and Translations Platform Cooperative, if you need somebody to interpret. And there's all kinds of languages in Canada. It's a melting pot of languages, and they have interpreters for that. And the seventh one is child care. And that is also for that particular area uh, for child care. So there's seven co-ops, 71 different members. So what's the benefits of membership into a co-op that you found? Well, the benefits of cooperative is it provides the opportunity for individuals to work collectively. And it benefits them to work collectively than to work individually because it is a lonely path when you work on your own. And working as a team is like you provide support to each other. Each member has something to contribute. And when you are working in a group, when there is lost as we, we face pandemic and businesses are not moving as fast as it should be moving, it's like everybody, you provide support to each other. So not you dealing with this in isolation by yourself. And also it builds your self-confidence. So the skills they learn from developing cooperative, these um, seven principles of co- cooperative that they learn when they were, uh, when we were developing them, and as well as 10 steps of developing workers cooperative and also other resources, training and places we took them uh, for them to meet other people who are in cooperative business. And networking with the members of the Ontario Cooperative Association and all those things and side nets and uh, uh, different groups and connecting them to banks uh, where they can go for loans. So those are benefits of, um, um, of being a member and supporting one another uh, conflict mediation because you know when you are in group, even families who are running family business, sometimes they have issues. So uh, they have to learn how to resolve conflict with one another because uh, they are in partner. <laughs> sometimes issues might arise. So I, I get from this conversation, just to summarize it real quick, they create their own jobs. They develop leadership skills. They learn to work together and conflict resolution. They learn to run a business. They learn how to speak. You gave them speaking engagements in front of different audiences. They learn financial skills, budgeting, and other skills which they can take into their home. They create financial wealth. We didn't talk about that one, but that's one that I have. They create financial wealth for one another because whatever income they make, belongs to them collectively and they increase their dignity and self-worth their self-confidence 
So those are some of the benefits of a worker cooperative. And I, I have it. of autonomy and independence. Yes, independence. Yes. Yes. So what's the benefit to the family? Benefit to the family is that whatever the, the impact, whatever they are doing is having on them is also affecting their family. So the wealth they generate, their family members also benefit from that. Um, well, I'm also, because in our cooperative, we have women who belong in one cooperative and you have, you have their daughter or young <laughs> granddaughter belonging to a different one. <laughs> so, so because, oh, my grandmother is in this co-op, made some of the granddaughters to, to want to belong to one of the co-op and made some of the daughters to belong to a different co-op. So we have women who belong to sewing co-op and their daughter belong to child care, combat child care or PSW co-op. So we had that. We saw that. So I have it that there's a lot of benefits to the individual. All of those benefits from the individual goes on into the family and benefits them. And then you all get all of this work between different co-ops which is cooperation among co-ops, but also within a family. And then community benefits, whether it's Canada or Toronto, Canada, or the world. Durham region, Toronto. As I mentioned to you, we had these cooperative women from different parts of. And so so the the environmental friendly stuff is, is totally great. See you next week, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you.